It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hey listeners, you know we love Belay's Customized Bowls, where we get to create our own combo of bold flavors with grains, veggies, and protein. Like my current favorite of steak au jus with Brussels sprouts on a bed of forbidden black rice. That sounds great, especially when it's smothered in my favorite creamy garlic sauce. Mmm, que rico. That does sound great. You know what else sounds great? Their strawberry chia seed pudding. Delicious. That too, but... Also, the fact they now have locations in Aventura and Fort Lauderdale, both offering wraps featuring signature spice blends, sauces, and marinades. Okay, wait, espérate. So our listeners can enjoy a fresh and customized bole bowl or wrap in Broward? <laughs> Así mismo. They can experience bole at various locations throughout Florida and even Georgia and Virginia. Meaning we can all be part of Belay's mission to inspire bold living through the power of fresh food. And who doesn't want to live boldly? Exactly. So visit Bolay.com today to find your nearest location or place an order for pickup. There's no day like today to enjoy fresh food to fuel your life. The holidays are back. It's like we just finished going trico tri and now it's time for sun giving, el ho ho ho. But that also means it's time to find the perfect gift for your dad, husband, brother, carajo, even for yourself. You know where this is going. That's right. Get them the perfect jean. I absolutely swear by these jeans from Bandit Black to Midnight Blue to Light Blue Ice, which is also ripped because, as we know, the only thing better than comfort is edgy comfort. <laughs> as a Miami boy, I even have their jean shorts. Poke Miami, we need quality shorts that are stylish and comfortable. Pero-ish, you're saying. My boyfriend, abuelo, tío, doesn't need any jeans this holiday season. To that I say, you're wrong, because every man does need the perfect jean. Pero okay, if that is true, we still got you covered. Just in time for winter, the perfect jean now has extremely comfortable hoodies. Made using organic cotton, these hoodies are just as comfortable as the jeans. They're perfect for those chilly winters up north, or if you're visiting DJ's house, because as we know, he keeps the temperature at a reasonable setting of tundra. So it is the holidays, which means we've got a gift for you. Use code 
Pero20 at theperfectgene.nyc for 20% off your order. Así mismo, Pero20 gets you 20% off the jeans, the hoodies, everything. Jeans and hoodies sounds like two great items to open under the tree to us. So this holiday, f*** your khakis and get the perfect gift from the perfect jean. And don't forget to use code Pero20 for 20% off your order. Hey everyone, this is DJ. And this is Ish. And this is Season 5 of Pero Let Me Tell You. No, that's a great note to start. So, <laughs> welcome everybody to episode 233 of Pero Let Me Tell You. And today, listeners, you're just going to have to deal with me because Ish is just on freaking vacation. Like, who goes on vacation at the end of the year, right? Yeah, um, I mean, o only... <laughs> only like 50% oh, of the world right, population, right, yeah. right? So joining us today is one of like my favorite people, which is David from the Shiver Podcast, who um, not only is he a fellow podcaster, but he's a friend. And you've been a co-host before. Uh, yes, once before with Ish, but never with you. Right, never Because you were on vacation. Because I was on vacation or I was doing something else. So to commemorate today... Because this is a special day that's you and I hanging out and talking. We actually have some food and we have champagne. Well, we have Prosecco. So, We've got the champers. So, listeners. Okay, let's let's pop this. Hopefully we, not like, you think I fancy in someone? my eye. Yeah. We're having... <laughs> okay, David, come on. <laughs> I played baseball for some years. You know, I didn't make Did it you, to the... What did you play? What position? Uh, outfield, like oh, okay. either left or center field. Right, I always right. wanted to play shortstop, but I couldn't because I was a lefty. That's uh, that's what I played. I played shortstop. Um, Ooh. Um, I always wanted to play shortstop, but I'm a lefty, so, you know. But I actually, I played baseball until I was like 16, and I was actually pretty good. Um, I would say I was okay. I was, uh, I was no superstar. I was okay. If you hear my cousins talk, you would say that I didn't even know where the bases were. Because, <laughs> you know, they want to make themselves... You know, better. Well, that's what family does. Right. Yeah, they messed up with your insecurities, right? I have I have to say, that poor mm -hmm. was, that was pro level right there. Vite, vite. Yes. So it's funny because I'm not much of a drinker, but I love me some champagne or Prosecco. So my friend, cheers. Ching, ching. Here's to episode 233. And I know listeners, a lot of you are like, you know, driving. So, you know, here's a, a non-alcoholic... <laughs> <laughs> Not container. <laughs> Cheers for for everybody. So. Cheers. So thank you again for being on our show, David. Of mm. course. Well, thank you for having me. Um, I, I I love you and Ish, and 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 I love the show, and um, it's a it's it's nice to be wanted. It's nice to be wanted. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, bueno. Before we get to the nitty gritty, guys, um, I just want to run through some you know housekeeping stuff because if not, Ishmael's going to kick my butt. You know, since he's the PR guy. So we just want to remind you that December seventeenth, um, we have a ping pong pollo pop up, and we are going to be seen. 
we're going to be at Unseen Creatures by Bird Road in the Palmetto. So um, for those of you who haven't checked us out, check us out. Uh, we have our Guayabi Queso Wings. We have a Santero, which is a really new popular flavor. I don't know if you... I well, haven't you, tried that you one. You haven't no. tried that one because you don't... <laughs> I, I, I don't partake in the meats. Um, we're working on a vegan wing. I, I would be um, eternally grateful. Because our sauces, two of our sauces are vegan. Um, so we're going to be having a pop-up at Unseen Creatures, again, December t- uh, 17th. Thank you to all of you, by the way. Um, we had many listeners come up to us last week at Croqueta Palooza, which right. was an awesome, awesome event. And we had a bunch of people come up and, and, you know, they liked our chicken, but they also like gave us some compliments and they, they were saying hello regarding the podcast. So thank you to all of you who came out to see us and to say hi um, at Croqueta Palooza. And then finally, the holidays are here. You know, they're a couple of weeks away. So what better, better, you know, gift than to give the gift of Pero Let Me Tell You. And you can have that through one of our many teacher t-shirts. Uh, they are fantastic. I will say they are of excellent quality. They are. And uh, they always get a chuckle, at the very <laughs> least. And uh, usually more than a chuckle. Something something akin to a laugh. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Um, so we are at tpublic.com. Pero let me tell you, at tpublic.com. You can also go to our Instagram bio. And you could just visit, again, tpublic.com. We also have some links for our merch in the first, like, those pinned tweet. Um, post now that you have on instagram right so you have the link there so check it out you know our lechon life shirt is really really popular um during christmas time mm-hmm. you know lechon and all that so and oh and by the way if you guys wear your lechon uh shirt life for those of you who've had it before um bought it last year please tag us uh we we would love to show you know our pero primos wearing you know our merch so do you still have the sereno shirt I, we have the city. That is my favorite. That is yeah. your favorite, right? That is my favorite. Thank show. you. I wrote that. <laughs> a killer <laughs> mystical do. <laughs> Sereno is really such a thing. You know, as I sip my champagne. Um, <laughs> Sereno really is such a thing that uh, to the Anglos, <laughs> you know, it's just like, oh, no, that uh, do or that mist. But Sereno? No, no it, is, it is more than that. It is the, the, the mythical killer of many a child. In, uh, in 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 the Cuban countryside, it it is, and what's incredible is that till this day, like Tristan's already, Tristan's eight. My mom will be like, you know, whenever we're at my parents' house, and you know, we're cubre la cabeza porque el sereno, el sereno lo coge, and I'm like, mind you, the car's <laughs> ten feet away, ten feet away, mom, ten feet away, but you know, whatever. So, oh yeah, so did you go to Art Basel? We did not go to Art Basel. No, last weekend was, um, it was insane. We had a lot of stuff scheduled, and I was not able to make it to Basel. Do you like going to Art Basel? I do, yes. Um, I am, um, how do you say you're a douche without calling yourself a douche? I don't know. So I'm, I'm that, right? And, and, and I, I, I love anything that has to do with art or anything that um, pretends to be art. Pretends to be art. Um, what would you say pretends to be art? The uh, banana with the tape? The banana with the tape, yes. Now, I do know an artist who uh, does show at Basel, and he told me that, um, you know, that, that was absurd. Yeah. That uh, it, it, it wasn't art. And it did not sell for the amount that it sold for. Oh, really? That, uh, was, that was untrue? It's a, it's a way to create buzz for yourself, mm. uh, which I get, you know, and that's that's fine. You know, it's um, I guess it's something that's done in the art world. He says that it's very common. 
So, so the banana did not sell for the millions or whatever it sold for? No. Allegedly? No, it did not. Hmm. But so, the person who bought it will say that they sold it for of that Of course. Amount. So for those listeners who don't know what our Basel is, it's this art like expo, if you will, that happens in Miami every year. And it's one of these things that it's gotten bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger each year. And um, they, they have a lot of different types of art, whether it's more traditional um, you know, paintings, um, abstract art, sculptures, but it's become also very pop arty as well. And there's um, a lot of pop art. I would say a, it's mostly pop art now. But but now it is, yeah. And, but but there's also like performance art, right? Um, you know, there's there's all but, sorts. But it of used stuff. to be this event that when it started some years back was a very Miami event mm-hmm. in so far that it hadn't really caught the international um, eye as much. Um, so it was a very big local event. I mean, I went several times, especially when I lived downtown, like right. just walking there. And um, it's gotten bigger and bigger and bigger. Now people from around the world come come to Art Puzzle. But I think that... And it's all over the city now. Yeah, but but I think that a lot of the... Excuse me, a lot of the criticism has come in the, in the recent years that Art Puzzle now has become sort of like um, a, a show-off place. Like, for example... This year, one of the more notorious exhibits they had, I'm sure you saw it. You saw the whole thing with the ATM? No. What was this? Okay. So this is one of those tell me you're from Miami without telling me you're from Miami situations. So they had an exhibit that was art Mm -hmm. that it had an ATM. It was an ATM machine. And the ATM machine had like like an iPad or like a screen on it. Mm -hmm. So it would take your picture. When you would put in your card, it would put the balance that you had in your account. So then it would take a picture of you and it would rank you. Oh, I see. Right? So it was a thing to be like, oh my God, who has the most money? So now people would start lining up around the machine to see if like when the next person went, if they were the person with the most money. So obviously people that now were like millionaires and had a lot of money in their bank account made it a point to go there Mm -hmm. to see, you know, show off how much money they had. And it was like, come on. That's such a Miami thing. Well, it's, it's also a gimmick. Because yeah. um, the amount of money in your bank account doesn't necessarily tell anyone how much you're worth. Yeah. You know, sure, it tells you how liquid you are. Right. But, um, you know, what, what about other assets? Right. You know, it doesn't have, like, your real estate, your investments, which, you know, that would be the, the smarter, you know, investment. You know, a lot yeah, of Yeah, but then it would have say. to conduct a background check on you. And now we're talking about an extended wait period <laughs> to find. To no. find out if you're the, the wealthiest in Miami. But it was such a thing because, like, now everybody was, like, taking video of it and putting mm-hmm. it on Instagram. Right. Like, oh, actually, I know somebody that she put it on her Instagram that when the person was taking out money, they went to number one. Oh, wow. I don't know if they were subsequently superseded by somebody else. They probably mm-hmm. were. But that person went to one number one. And they were like, oh, my God, high-fiving and, like, hugging and kissing. I'm like, is this really, like, a goal? <laughs> Um, I think it is for a lot yeah. of people. Yeah. Um, like I, I, I know people who like they're, uh, they don't necessarily care about how they become wealthy. Their goal in life is to become wealthy. Right. Um, and success doesn't necessarily have to be a part of that. <laughs> Even if it's temporary. Right. Um, yeah. Because I love how all these people that invest in like now Bitcoin or FTX right. or whatever. 
in their portfolio, they're billionaires, right? Well, not anymore. Right, but, the, but, but if something, you know, but even like people that invest in Silicon Valley, like, mm -hmm. you know, the whole thing with uh, Theranos, with Elizabeth right. Holmes, mm -hmm. she was like worth billions of dollars when she was in her early 20s. Mm -hmm. But was she? Like, no, no, not really. Right. So yeah. it's like, are you? It was valued at that. But, right. So, but, right. So what does that mean? Like, right. I mean, I know what it means, but what, what does that really mean if like your valuation is could be billions of dollars so okay that's how much you're worth but it's so volatile that like with a, a literally a, a a shift of the winds you could lose that overnight well it's also i mean it's a it's a construct it's worth only the amount that we allow it to be worth and money is the same thing yeah. you know i mean it's really only worth its physical value is you know in the paper that it's printed on yeah which is not worth much right in fact the dollar is worth the same as 20 or or 100 dollars right and we don't have the gold reserves anymore no 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 so right. it's, it's it's worth whatever the government tells you it's worth um and we just accept that uh but but that's moving into a very existential um area what was it this is like venturing off into something else now. I forgot. Was it was it in the Netherlands who at one point, this was you know centuries ago, their stock market was a, was a seed. It was a was a tulips. It was tulip seeds. You never heard of that? Uh, yeah, that sounds familiar. Yeah, yeah, I believe that. <laughs> wow. Los tulipanes tienen mucho mucho valor, mucho valor. Pero yeah, I mean, I I. Every year when Art Basel comes, I'm kind of like, should I go? Should I not go? There's a part of me that wants to go because I do like art. Right. But then there's a part of me that doesn't want to deal with now, like, not even the pomp and circumstance. Doesn't want to deal with, like, the pretentiousness. Right. Because now it's about going to Art Basel and putting it on Instagram. That's, that's a, to me, it's like voting. You know, where it's like, did you, if you, if you didn't take a picture of the I voted sticker, right. did you even vote? Right. That's like going to the gym. Right. If you didn't post your gym selfie, did you work did out? Did you go to the gym? No, you didn't. Um, you didn't get your gains in for the day if you didn't. So, um, and I'm not really about that, you know? Um, so, <laughs> I I like the old Basil. And I hate to sound like um, like like an old fogey, like a get-off-my-lawn mm -hmm. guy. <laughs> but um, I like what, what Basil was uh, in the same way that, like, I, I really loved uh, the live music scene that Miami had. You know, places had, uh, had yeah, places like Tobacco Road, places like Churchill's mm -hmm. that aren't around anymore. Mm -hmm. um, and sure, like uh, you, you go to where Tobacco Road was, and and now you have this gorgeous mall yeah. with all these fantastic stores, <coughs> yeah. and it's making a hell of a lot more money than yeah, it did it before. Is. But at what cost? You know, the culture is gone. Yeah, the culture is is. Um little by little or maybe not that little by little disappearing and now we just have like retail and you know mm -hmm. and all these high ends and look i i'm not hating on that because like for example the mall you're talking about brickle city center it is a beautiful mall yeah and i actually love going there we we go fairly often i love going there casatua the italian oh yes oh my god yeah, yeah. it's like insane but, you know, as I always say, there has to be a balance, right? Mm -hmm. You know, yes, progress is great. Building is great. You know, having new things, new restaurants, new stores, that's great. But you have to have a balance. And when developers have so much power and, you know, this history, because people always say, oh, Miami's such a y young city. 
Well, it is. Yes, but there is history here. There is a lot of history, but you have to preserve it in order for... And I, I was actually going to use that same exact word, you know, uh, progress, but preservation. Yes. There there needs to be some of that there. Um, you know, places like, you know, for some reason, that mentality exists on the beach because yeah. places like uh, the Fountain Blue have been updated. But really, I mean, the the... The, the design language is still the same. Yeah. You know, the Delano, some of these, you know, uh, iconic hotels. You know, the, you think Miami and you think Art Deco still. Yeah. So um, why can't that happen elsewhere? Yeah. Into, into like, a lot of different places. Look, I, I heard now that they want to demolish the cultural center downtown mm-hmm. where History Miami was, right. is uh, where the public library is. And, and I'm like... You know, because I had read some criticisms of it, which it is true that that place is built like a fortress. Mm-hmm. You know, for those of you who are familiar with it, in downtown Miami, where like our civic center is, there's like the history uh, museum, uh, the Miami History Museum, well, History Miami. Um, the science, no, the science museum was in, uh, no, the art museum used to be there, which right. now is in, um, in, in uh, more on the bay, right. the Perez Art Museum, and the public library which is, is there. great. And, and you know, it, there's a criticism that was made that th- that structure was built in the early 80s, and it's sort of like a Spanish colonial style, but it's, it was sort of built like a fortress, mm-hmm. and it's very, it's very um, kind of, you have to go up that ramp, and it's not accessible to, like, pedestrian, it's not pedestrian friendly. Right. Right? And they want to demolish it and build something else there. And I'm like, okay, so you're going to build another high-rise with like you know, um, I don't know, an expensive salad restaurant in the bottom, <laughs> and and where are we going to have these like museums and these things and can, stuff like that? Can I make a complaint about an expensive salad restaurant? Yeah, of course. Okay, um, now I, my wife and I, I wouldn't call us health food nuts, right? But um, we try. You try. Um, we try, and uh, we are all for um, you know. Uh, Small business, mm-hmm. local business. Mm-hmm. Uh, we ate at a place. There's there's a couple of them called Carrot Express. Mm-hmm. It was me, uh, Stephanie, mm-hmm. uh, Link, mm-hmm. and Wes is still not eating. Food. Right. So three people. Mm-hmm. We spent a hundred dollars. Oh it was ninety nine dollars and ninety six cents. And you all had salads. Um. No, I had I had a salmon burger. Mm-hmm. Lincoln had um, I can't remember what it was now, and Steph had a bowl. Right, it she was, had, she had it a was you know chucheria food. Yes, it, it wasn't anything. Now the food was good. Mm-hmm. You know the 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 service was good, but we spent a hundred dollars. Right, and I didn't even have sushi. You know, right. like if I if I pay a hundred dollars and I've got some good sushi, I'm okay. Right, that's such a like problem because I mean I mean this has been talked about over and over again we're not saying anything new but it but it is because like look there's a lot of um vegan restaurants down here mm-hmm. and i'm sure that you've had a lot of vegan food being a vegetarian right. and uh, well pescatarian let's pescatarian. Uh, yeah, yeah. um i do you, try not to eat fish as much as possible right i'd say probably uh 90 of my diet is vegan right but uh i do occasionally eat fish. although we're having cheese here tonight <laughs> right <laughs> um I it's just so expensive and and not approachable for for a lot of people because yeah. I've gone to vegan restaurants that are amazing, just amazing. <laughs> Pero coño, you have a couple of burritos or like an egg roll yeah. or whatever, and 
You spend 40, 50 bucks yeah. for one person. Their gourmet hummus. Yeah. Is, you know, uh, hummus is hummus. $20. Yeah. It's, 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 it's so expensive. And then, you know, to eat healthy or healthier, it comes at such a premium. And I mean, I understand that these are more expensive ingredients, but, but it's just, it, it's not realistic for a lot of people. Yeah. You know, now that you're saying that you're a vegetarian, um, what, you know, cause I think it, a lot of people are always interested in listening to people that are vegetarian or vegan. Um, what made you uh, take that leap? Um, so it was motivated by two things. Mm-hmm. Um, one was um, health. I had put on a lot of weight mm-hmm. and uh, over time, you know, right. uh, and I wanted to kind of create a situation where I forced myself to eat smarter mm-hmm. and uh by cutting out meat uh that kind of did a lot of the work for me right so if if i went into any place with that mindset where um like i was forced to either have like a salad or something that was um obviously low fat because you know you're not getting an awful lot of fat in mm-hmm. um you know meat substitutes mm-hmm. um you know sure you know uh, you got stuff like nuts and stuff like that, mm-hmm. that that have got fat, but that's the good fats. Right. Um, your avocado, your olive oil. Right, right, right. Stuff like that. It's the good fat. Uh, kind of like how I think of myself. I'm the good fat. You're the good fat. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but the the other reason was definitely for like the um, the the social and political reasons that you mm-hmm. hear people talk about all the time. Uh, in college, I tried it out um where i went um like totally vegan mm-hmm. for uh, vegan vegan yeah, yeah for a very short amount of time I, I i mean i think it maybe lasted three months um and i just i didn't have the conviction uh and was also smoking an awful lot of pot and oh. uh <laughs> and and you'd get hungry right. and uh w- once the frosted flakes were right. done You're getting the munchies and it's like where are my vegan yeah snacks? it's like uh, i guess i'm gonna you know double fist this uh this beef jerky here right you know so um so i just i i didn't have the um neither the responsibility nor the self-respect or self-control mm-hmm. to, to be able to stick to it and uh finally about uh, maybe six years ago or so um I, I just decided. I said, did, yeah, you quit, I said. did you quit meat cold turkey? <laughs> <laughs> Ba-boom, boom. No pun intended. Uh, I did, yeah. It was just from one day to the next. Um, it, really, the only reason why I haven't given up fish is because um, it would be really difficult for me to give up sushi. So that, that is a selfish thing. Right. Uh, I want to give it up, but I can't. Right. Okay, well, you know, it's a balance. Yeah. You know, I, I think that people always, I think that a lot of people w- probably know that being a vegetarian or to a large extent a vegan would pro- is obviously healthier. Um, and I think a lot of people are curious about it. That's why I, I think yeah. there's so many questions and like mm-hmm. about that because people really are curious um, because it, it, it at the end of the day, it is a certain amount of discipline, right? Yeah. That you can go and see, like, a juicy piece of meat or something. Do you still crave it? No. Um, there is one specific thing that I crave uh, from time to time. And as of yet, I still have not given in to the craving. And that is jamón croquetas, but specifically 
from Isla Canaria. Oh, wow. Oh, the very best. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that's the only thing that from time to time I'm like, oh, I would it, it's... not not kill because, you know, you, you do have to be respectful of, of other people. But I would maim <laughs> for, <laughs> uh, for an Isla Canaria. It's funny because I've told you that I was vegetarian for um, 11 months. Yeah. I almost made it to a year. And to make a long story short, I decided to go vegetarian. It wasn't even a decision. At that time, I was doing consulting work with a, a pharmaceutical company um, that had an animal health division. Mm -hmm. And um, I was reading like internal memos of mm -hmm. the way antibiotics were, were administered, mm -hmm. especially to poultry. Um, the way it was, it was Poultry's administered. The worst. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The way it was administered, and like how a lot of times these chickens were, you know, they were like six pounds, like a they month can, after they, they were can't born. Stand up, they're falling yeah. over. Yeah, and, and you know, obviously, when you pump that much antibiotics into any animal, but specifically chicken, um, because it, for chicken it takes longer for it to get out of their system. Mm -hmm. There's a period where when the antibiotics are pumped into the animals, you have to wait a certain amount of time before they're slaughtered. Mm -hmm. But a lot of these, you know, chicken grow houses or whatever, um, they would, you know, once the chicken was wait, they would slaughter it. Right. Even if it wasn't the time they had to wait for the antibiotics yeah. to... So I was just reading all this, like, really internal things. Mm -hmm. And I was just so turned off by it. Yeah. That, like, I remember... I remember going, because when I was doing that work, I was working in, up north. Um, what I mean up north, I mean Broward. <laughs> I, I was thinking this is, you know, up in the Michigan. No, base. no, no, okay. no. No, up north Broward. And um, <laughs> and I would go for like Subway to lunch, you know, right. for lunch. And I would be like, I'll have the veggie patty today. I'll have the the tuna. I'll have the veggie delight. I, I, um, uh, the veggie delight is my go-to. Yeah. And um, it was just like I was so turned off by it. And there came a point that I didn't really crave it anymore. Right. Um, although, although there was a day that this was probably like six months in. So it was like in the middle of um, my time mm -hmm. that they were making at my parents' house chicharrones. Right. And they were making the little bite-sized chicharrones that become really crispy. Right. So it's like pork belly. Right. right. You know, well, it is pork belly. The and smell, when nobody was watching... Too. I put like a little one, just a little, the little one in my mouth. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I just saw God. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. Walk away. Yeah. Walk away. <laughs> uh, Walk away. I, I have kind of reached that point where um, like it tastes foul to me. Yeah. Uh, because I ordered a wrap once uh -huh. and um, they brought me the wrong wrap. It had chicken in it. Right. And, and you don't know until you bite into it. Right. And I bit into it, and it, it tasted really bad. Right. Like if some ingredient had gone rancid. Right. And I was like, oh, this is awful. This is terrible. I said, Steph, taste this. And she was like, well, it's fine. It just has chicken in it. Right. Like, <laughs> well, I can tell you. It's more repugnante than. <laughs> somebody who deals with chicken on my side, side, side hustle with being pampollo. Raw chicken is disgusting. <laughs> it really yeah. is. Yeah. The worst. The worst. But you know what? I, I, um. I think I could go vegetarian again because my favorite things to eat are not meat. What I know I can't do is vegan because I, what you're eating right now, yeah. I love me cheese way too much. Like I, I, honestly, I would be very unhappy living without cheese. 
<laughs> and buttercream <laughs> and cake. Yeah. And you know what? I'm very sorry. I'm very sorry. I don't mean to offend anyone. I have yet to try a vegan bakery that is as good. Some are good. Yeah. Some are good. But they're not. They don't taste the same as a delicious buttercream cake. So here's here's my, my argument to that because I... I'm not vegan. I would like to be able to commit to it, but as I said before, you know my uh, relationship with sushi is uh, oh, you know, prohibiting that. My gosh! Um, when you make a decision like that, you are deciding to view food as fuel mm-hmm. and nothing more. Um, not that it can't be enjoyable. For example. Uh, we went to uh, Planta Queen mm-hmm. uh, in Coco Walk, right? In Coco Walk, yeah. Uh, which, by the way, they've you know reopened Coco Walk. Yeah, it's um, you know the last time I was there was a couple of years ago. It's Coco Walk, it's Coco Walk three now. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and uh, it it was it was the same, but not. It was weird. Um, it, it's like they put a little plaster all over it, mm-hmm. and then it was like, hey, here, look at this new place. I'm like, no, no, no it's Coco Walk, man. Yeah, um, but. Regardless, we went to Blanta Queen and the food was delicious. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, it's incredible! But that's not why you go vegan, right? You don't go vegan to try to find the best tasting substitute for this thing. You go vegan for all the reasons that people go vegan, right? And you know what? And, and, and you kind of have to make your peace with that. Or if you can't, it's not really for. And you, you know what? It's it's a very it, it's. It's one of these things that's complex but simple mm-hmm. at the same time. Yeah. Because, you know, many times, you know, we, we make jokes about vegans and stuff like that. But, you know, especially for vegans that go vegan for noble reasons, mm-hmm. um, you know, the, the welfare of the animal is very important. Because, again, when I was doing this type of work, that you know, we were dealing with, like, um, you know, where they would slaughter... Um, cows and mm-hmm. poultry and um it, i mean it's just the, the conditions of these animals are terrible and wow this is a real downer of an argument of a conversation we're having on our second to last episode of the season <laughs> but anyway um but i feel it's something that people a lot of people talk about um you know the, the welfare of the animal is very important and 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 you know there's so many sides to it i mean look i i i've always been somebody that I have an aversion to hunting. I don't even fish, yeah. right? I I don't want anything having to do with going and hunting. That's not what I subscribe to. That's not I. That's not me. And I was always very like, oh my god, how can people be hunters? Uh But you know, when I lived in the Midwest, deer is like they have a deer overpopulation yeah, problem there. Yeah, it, it needs to be controlled. And there's a, there's a season where you could hunt for deer. Mm. And I remember that a, a professor of mine who was a hunter one day he talked to me about it he's like you know when i hunt deer i i know how to shoot that i don't miss right so the animal it doesn't dies immediately yeah. doesn't suffer mm-hmm. and we eat that animal like we use that animal we don't he's not a game hunter right right so he's like that animal is feeding my family and that animal didn't suffer what do you think they do to cows? Like even dairy yeah. cows, the conditions mm-hmm. that they're in, right? And you don't see that. And you know, yet you have this negative image of hunters. And I have to tell you that it really changed my mind. 
I, with that said, I won't go and hunt. Right. Right. I'm not a hunter, you know, and I'm not going to do that. (laughs) But it really changed my mind because I'm like, you know, that is true because so many of us are very judgmental about that. I I do think that most hunters, um, real hunters, not people who like to get dressed up and, you know, go, go shoot guns. Uh, and, and, and I do like to go to the shooting range from time to time. It's nothing to do with that, but uh, you, you know what I'm talking about, that person. Uh, but a real, a real hunter, I think is not something, it's not something I can do. I can't bring myself to shoot an animal. Yeah. Uh, but I can respect a person who hunts an animal, ensures that the animal does not suffer. Yeah. And then uses that animal in the way that God intended, as it were, mm-hmm. right? Where, you know, it's it's here for you to eat. Right. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Everybody knows the holidays can be a time of great joy and togetherness with the food, parties, and family. But they can also be a time that causes us to feel anxiety, stress, or even depression. And let's face it, having your tia tell you que cambies la cara during dinner doesn't exactly help. What you need, and maybe your tia también, is a gift to yourself. The ability to speak with a professional about your experiences. Enter BetterHelp. A customized online therapy provider, BetterHelp offers therapy options that align with your time, via phone, video text, or even live chat sessions with a certified therapist. BetterHelp's customized approach matches you with a therapist in under 48 hours based on your needs and creating the opportunity to help you better understand yourself. And as a special offer for Pero Let Me Tell You listeners, you can get 10% off your first month of professional therapy at betterhelp.com slash pero. It's already more affordable than in-person therapy, and now you can save on your first month. There's even a gifting option if you'd like to help someone you care about understand the benefits of therapy in their life. We should all have a happy holiday season, and BetterHelp has helped millions take the first step in that path. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash pero. Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this podcast and this episode. Yeah. It really changed my mind on it, but oh, bueno. mm. moving right along. <laughs> Let's leave the that behind. Oh yeah. So this weekend, uh, Netflix premiered Megan and Harry. Right. Yeah, Have it's all over my Netflix. It? I haven't seen it yet. No. So this week, actually, on uh, Christmas break is coming up, so I'm sure I'm going to watch it soon. So on Thursday, I, I got up really early and I had some downtime in the middle, and I was literally in my car, <laughs> and you know, in my car, I could watch Netflix. Mm. Um, it's the best thing about having a Tesla, by the way. <laughs> not pay, that and not paying gas is that I get to have Netflix. Right. I was going to say, I think there's one other thing. That's yeah, a not paying gas. <laughs> I watched the first two and a half episodes and like I'm hooked. And, you know, a lot of it, I don't know how much you follow the Megan and Harry thing. Not much. I, I, I know um, as much as probably the average person knows. Okay. So maybe a little more because so I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit of, of an Anglophile in the sense that. I love British monarchy history. I love it because I love history in general. And always since I was in high school, I, I mean, if you look at my library downstairs, I have books and books about the British monarchy because I, I just find it interesting in both the good and the bad. Because right. in, in the one sense, 
I think it's like the traditions and the you know the fact that it's so British and the fact that this monarchy has maintained itself and yet so French (laughs) for for a thousand years. I think it's quite remarkable that that institution has survived for over a thousand years. But at the same time, I think it's also bullshit. (laughs) I think it's archaic. And you know, obviously, but we were talking about the preservation of certain things, right? Um, And even though. like you can definitely make the argument that it's a carryover of like the colonial days, and uh, it's just it's not a good look anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that they've kind of moved past that, mm-hmm. and um, it, have it, they? It, it, maybe um, question mark. Um, <laughs> I, I I see it more as like the casual observer of of, of the monarchy, not as someone who follows what's because, going on because... with them. I see it almost as like the pope. With a pope, <laughs> you know, it's um, it's a role that you take on, and uh, it's mostly just symbolic. Symbolic, right? Yeah, it, it it's it's for for pump and circumstance, right? But you know, the whole thing with Meghan and Harry, you know, on the one hand, I, you know, they 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 keep saying Meghan and Harry that their life is so. Um, overexposed paparazzi people are always talking about them so on and so forth so I don't know I think making a documentary is probably not the wisest choice in terms of keeping a low profile mm-hmm. right so in that sense it's like okay I mean you know that you're gonna get a lot of press by doing this documentary and yet this is what you're complaining about right but on the other hand and really the way that I feel about it what they're saying there is not untrue. Like right. they, they're calling out the bullshit for what it is, and which they've been doing from the very start. No, right? Because you know one of the things. So I I followed the whole Megan and Harry thing for for two reasons. Because again, I I love the British monarchy and the whole history behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, I was a Meghan Markle fan because Suits is like my favorite show. Right. right. So I had known of Meghan Markle since 2010 when Suit started, and she had a very big role in that show. Right. And I loved her. Like, I love Meghan Markle. She's gorgeous. And even before, w- one of the things I liked about her, I mean, I don't know how much you knew or didn't know about her before. Very little. You know, she was. I knew she was on Suits. She was quite the philanthropist. Right. She was even one of, like, the UN's, like, women of the year. This was way oh, okay. before she met Harry. You know, she was a philanthropist. She kind of had a lifestyle blog. She was like one of these like really modern like women of the you know of now, and right. and and she was you know beautiful and like I really really liked her, and, and she was on my favorite show. So I had been following. You know, I had a, a little bit of like a double interest in this whole thing going on, and I mean, obviously, you you know about like the media coverage that she got that was. Right. I mean, there's certainly a racial element, and then you know, you oh, know, absolutely. did you hear the whole thing when she first started dating the the tabloid or publication in the UK that said that she was straight out of Compton? Yes. Yeah. I mean, what the hell is that? Like, how can you say it's not about race when you have comments like that, or that she's from the wrong side of town? She grew up in the valley. She went okay. to like an of like one of the best. Um, uh, Catholic school, girls, uh, all girls schools in like LA. I yeah. mean, she's not, her dad was a lighting director for married with children, you know? And, oh, was he? I didn't know that. Yeah, he was. Okay. And so she, she knew she grew up on the set of married with children. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she even did this whole thing when she was a little girl that they have the footage of it where I think it was ivory soap had a commercial mm-hmm. that it said, Oh, women across the country are ditching their, soap for the new ivory soap and she wrote a letter 
So Procter and Gamble or Ivory or whatever saying, hey, you know, it's a little bit sexist that in this was the early 90s that in like 1991, you're saying women all over the country when, you know, you're enforcing a stereotype that only women do the dishes, blah, 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 blah. Right. And you know that they changed the commercial? Really? Because of her letter. So, um, you know, she she's definitely somebody who had a presence about her. But I, I just think that they're they they are going where no one has gone before. They're they're I, I think that his mom, Princess Diana, was she was a victim in all of this and at the end of her life was when she finally started fighting back. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think that these people were like, We're not taking this shit. Yeah. <laughs> we're fighting back from the beginning. Right. And and a lot of it's pissed off a lot of people. I mean <coughs> Well, there's there's an establishment that um does not like to be messed with yeah um and that and that happens everywhere um and obviously you know we're, we're in america and we hear a lot about um you know the 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 race problems here yeah you know um but england has just as big an issue over there uh there's there's a movement you know to uh that has been around for a while to keep england white as they say yeah and um, I, I remember I first became aware of this with Eric Clapton. Oh, really? Yeah. He is a profound racist. Um, and I am... Eric Clapton is Eric a racist? Eric Clapton, yes. Layla Eric Clapton? I, Tears yes. in Heaven? I, Eric strug- I struggled with this because he is one of my favorite guitar players, one of my favorite Bit songwriters. <laughs> Bit Eric. It, because it is pervasive. It is pervasive in England. And um, I, a, a lot of that goes back to the establishment, to to the monarchy, that um, you know there's a certain uh, social class that yeah. you know you, uh, you or I or you know people who Common are folk. like you or me should not be a part of. Yeah. Common folk. You know, and, and mm. I, I think that a lot of people, when they criticize them, they take it personal insofar that they're attacking the queen, you know, mm. especially now that the queen passed away. I don't think they're attacking the queen. I think in all their criticism, it's the institution. It's not the queen. Um, That's why when they had to sit down with Oprah, I was sort of happy that they purposely said, hey, the king and the, the, at that time, Prince Philip, these comments have not come from them. They Mm -hmm. made it very clear. Um, But I don't know. I I, I just think that, again, they're they're saying their truth and they're 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 saying what what we know mm-hmm. you know because it's so funny remember in the oprah interview what made the headlines was that she um she said publicly that they were having conversations as to what color right yeah i remember, I remember having that conversation with my dad way before the oprah interview yeah. saying i bet you that within the walls of that buckingham palace the you know monarch insiders are probably like freaked out yeah. that they may have a black monarch you uh-huh. know or a mixed race monarch they're probably like losing their shit over this yeah. because you know that that's a type of petty shit you know that still exists within the institution it may not be a reflection of the of the monarch or the sovereign themselves right. but of the institution at large right and then when she said that i was like see we that's what we were saying right, yeah. that these people were probably saying that and i think everybody knew that because the it's, they just said it on the open those interview. those issues are those issues everywhere yeah and um anywhere where there is an institution there is institutionalized racism yeah uh unfortunately 
and and I think that they're doing important work in speaking out against it yeah. uh, because so often you know we we criticize the 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 rich the famous the powerful for not speaking out and then when they do it's like well hang on stay in your lane right you know we want to see you act or we want to hear you sing we don't want to hear what you have to say about xyz issue but we're also saying that you need to right. do more. You know, it's it's that sort of like no, you know, you're you're <laughs> exactly. You're damned if you do, and damned you're if damned you if you don't. don't. So, and you know. and so you know, if you're going to be damned either way, you might as well speak your truth. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so I um, to to kind of switch gears, I am the biggest Indiana Jones fan I know. Bigger than Bond, because that's something you and I share. That's uh man, that's that's a tough one. So, so my, for our listeners, I'm a, I'm a huge Bond fan. I think I've made that clear. It's 133 episodes, <laughs> but I only have a handful of people that are as big as Bond fan as me, and David is one of them. You know, we talk Bond quite frequently. Quite frequently, yeah. Um, I don't know that I'm a bigger Bond fan than Indiana Jones fan. Mm-hmm. But there's more Bond than Indiana Jones, right? You got more to so, work with. <laughs> so there's there's there's, there's more iterations, right? There's it, more yeah. to work with. So I can be in the mood to watch, uh, you know, a, a more film, or I can be in the mood to watch a Connery film, um, and and yet I'm still in the mood to watch a Bond film. Either right. way, uh, but Indiana Jones is Indiana Jones. Now, my favorite movie of all time is Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah. Um, as as much as I love Casino Royale, as much as I love Casablanca, which is another one of my favorite movies, um, it will always be Raiders of the Lost Ark. That's your favorite movie of all favorite time. Favorite movie of all time. And I recognize that it is not the best movie. Because no. I, I will die on the hill of Casablanca being the best movie of all time. Really? Uh, yes. Yeah. Okay. Do you disagree? What, what do you think? I mean, look. I'm a movie buff. A movie buff although mm-hmm. I haven't watched as many movies in the last few years as I showed up. Excuse me. I mean, I think it's hard to say what is... Because, you know, most movie buffs will say that Citizen Kane is the greatest movie of all time. I wouldn't disagree with them, but I also would put forth Casablanca. I mean, it's hard because, like... Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. I know it's very cliche, but I think The Wizard of Oz is one of the best movies of I all time. I wouldn't disagree it's with that. It's not one either. of my favorites. Right. It's it's um, I mean, if I were to make a list of hundred of my favorite hundred movies, The Wizard of Oz would be there. But I mean, it, it's kind of hard because like each era kind of had different, you know, 
different. I mean, yeah, Casablanca's up there, but I mean, I, obviously those movies at that time were about the storytelling because they weren't about the technical aspects of it. You know, I disagree. I you think, think so? I, I think that there's a lot of really technical things that's happening in a lot of those movies. A lot of it's being invented at that time. Guys like James Whale, who did uh, Frankenstein mm-hmm. and The Invisible Man, um, you know, it literally invents shots. Yeah, it's um, it's 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 incredible. Some of the stuff now you you look at what you can do today uh, with with computers and 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 with you know uh, programming uh, crane shots and stuff like that. Yeah, you know, because I think that back on a then, technical aspect, yeah, the movies today are back then even up better through, quote even unquote. up through like the fifties and sixties. I think it was about the performance. Mm-hmm. You know, um, the technical aspects I think were more secondary because when you when you think of like these great actresses, actors and actresses of like the golden era, like uh, Cary Grant, um, James Cagney, James Cagney, yeah. Betty Davis, mm-hmm. Joan Crawford, um, all these people, it was like their over the top, you know, performances. Yeah. Well, it, it was kind of an extension of uh, the stage actor. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I kind of get that. I have a hard time. Man. Listeners, what's your favorite movie? <laughs> <laughs> so Cosmoblanca is your... No. Uh, Raiders of the Ra- Lost Ark. Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah. And so uh, after... Well, well, I mean, tell us. Tell us after about Kingdom yeah, of yeah. the Crystal Skull came out, part uh, four, which um, I, I understand a lot of people don't like it. I really like it. Um, it is not my favorite in the series. Um, I would say it's the worst in the series. Uh, but I really like it. Uh-huh. Um, I thought it was never going to happen again. Right. And so here we are, um, uh, what are we, 14 years later, yeah. and, and we've got a new Indiana Jones movie. And I, I, I think that that's something incredible, because the trailer has come out. This is the first one that Steven Spielberg is not uh, is not directing. It's being directed by James Mangold, who did uh, Logan and uh, The Greatest Showman, you know, a very competent director in his own right. Did you see the trailer? I have. And? Oh no no, it looks it looks great. Yeah. It looks great, but to me like in the last like 10 years especially I not that I get turned off by trailers, but like I realized especially recently trailers is the best of the best. Yeah. So I I'm like okay, the tra- the trailer is always going to be good nowadays. Trailers either give you way too much or not enough. Right. Sometimes I like the not enough. I do too, but then you can get thrown off by uh, something like a. Did you see Barbarian recently? No. Um, I I felt like they didn't give you enough, and I was like, oh, okay, this is great. They're not going to ruin the movie. And then I saw the movie, and I was like, oh no no no. They, and they, what's going to be different best. about this Indiana Jones? So it would be the fifth one. What well, looks like they're going back to, you know, the old school Indiana Jones where uh, there's Nazis. You know, it, because it's, it's going to start in the 1930s, in the 1940s, with him fighting Nazis. They're using some sort of crazy um, a de-aging technology that Lucasfilm has invested like for Harrison, a, Ford. For Harrison yeah. Ford a gazillion dollars in. Uh, those scenes where he looks like a young man is not like cut footage from previous movies. That's right. computerized. Right. It's, it's crazy. It's insane. So there's going to be some of that. Um, it looks like they're going to keep it more grounded than the last one was a lot I mean, of people was did, a lot one, of people didn't like the sci-fi element. the whole refrigerator part that was crazy <laughs> that 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 was crazy but i laughed yeah uh i the moment for me in kingdom of the crystal skull that i was like no nah, it's stupid uh was when shia labeouf swings on the vines like tarzan 
Um, to me, that that was stupid. Let me ask you something because I don't I don't know this. When they did that movie, was there any talk of Shia LaBeouf? Because that, Shia LaBeouf did that movie when his career was in an upswing. Right. Was there any talk of him continuing the series? Not by Lucasfilm. Mm. Uh, the media, yes. Uh, fans were saying, okay, well, they're going to you know give the role to Shia LaBeouf next and they're going to keep the series going. Uh, <laughs> George Lucas came out and said, we've never discussed that. Yeah. Hmm. Because I, I could have seen that happening. I mean, I love Indiana Jones as right. well. I would say my favorite is probably the Temple of Doom. That's a lot of people's favorites. I, I it's just it's fun. Now, with that said, I do think Raiders of the Lost Ark is the best one. Yeah, it is the best one. And you know what? I kind of I I remember as a kid watching uh, the Last Crusade, which. You know, that should be our favorite. Right, because Connery's <laughs> in it, yeah. Um, and the part when he has to cross, like, the bridge. Yes. The, the Holy Grail thing. Uh-huh. And being like, oh, my God, this is, like, the best thing ever. Um, I just think that Indiana Jones is just one of those fun movies that it, it's just a pleasure to watch. To me, it's a celebration of old Hollywood. Yeah. You know, it's it's real stunts. You know, and, and even in the last one where, where there was some CG in it... Um, it was mostly real stunts, yeah, and and it's it's real guys in peril doing yeah. these you know fantastical things that really isn't done much in in Hollywood anymore. Yeah. You know, you watch a movie like uh, Fast and Furious or like Transformers, uh, even the Marvel movies. Do you still watch the Fast and Furious? Um, no. So uh, I I've, I'm not I I'm not a big into, fan. I was into like the first. I don't know. 20 of them yeah. I, th- I, I think, I think I've were, seen the first four I think they were good up to five okay with the one in in Brazil oh my god that one was amazing I, that's the last one I saw so I was really into it because at that time I was really into call, 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 car culture and racing right. I was in my early 20s I, I loved it I loved it but I think at this point in time I still watch them I'm faithful to it but I don't watch it as it, to me it's not the same viewing experience to me the first set of films was like man Vin Diesel's badass yeah. you know the racing scenes like when they brought in the rock it was like oh my god like you yeah. were just waiting for that scene what well, elevated the series between, to, to a whole different level right between the rock and um and uh Vin Diesel now I just watch it to be like okay what ridiculous bullshit are they gonna do now <laughs> like yeah um I, I get that and someone Someone framed it in a way where I kind of understood it uh, because I used to just shit on the series constantly. I never liked it. Um, The second one was the only one I cared for at all because I feel like it kind of leaned into the campiness of the first one. Yeah. Um, The first one took itself way too seriously. Yeah. Um, And the way they put it was like, I'm a really big Arnold Schwarzenegger fan. And some of Schwarzenegger's best movies are the ones that are the most ridiculous. Um, one of my favorite movies of his is The Last Action Hero. It's incredible. Which everybody shit in on that movie. But it's awesome. Yeah. It's awesome. And yeah, it is ridiculous. It's way over the top. Commando was one of my favorite of his. And I think that might be the most over the top action movie <laughs> ever made. That's what they said. They were like, the way you watch Commando, the way you watch Last Action Hero... Total Recall, watch these movies that way. And I'm like, oh, okay. 
all right, I get it. I get it now. Yeah. It's yeah. it's 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 the Schwarzenegger, the Stallone, right, the like Chuck Norris of over today. Over the top, like. But I I think it's just because, with the exception of The Rock and Jason Statham, we really don't have action heroes anymore. Mm-mm. And um, that's part of why I really love like Harrison Ford's movies because like he played great action heroes. Whether it was Han Solo, whether it was Indiana Jones, um, you know, he played action well. You know, it's so you know, funny they, that um, <laughs> now that we're talking about that, I would be every time a new one would come out, I'm like, so are they going to space this time? <laughs> are they going underwater? You know, and then they did um, in the last one. So yeah, yeah. It, uh, that's why. Like, you could never say what they're going to not do because they'll, they'll probably do it. So you know, can I, can I ask you a question? Because huh? I wonder if this this was just my grandfather. Because it seems in the the limited conversations I've had about this specific action hero, it seems like the Cuban community gravitated towards him. Charles Bronson. Of course. Okay. Of course. Okay. I'll share it here on the podcast. So, one of... Okay. So, when I was a kid, this was... You know, my parents built a huge family room towards the back of the house. But when I was mm-hmm. a kid, we didn't have the family room yet. So, the main living room of the house was like the where the TV was. Right. Right? So, in the where my room is, the, the hallway, if I stood in front of my door of my room... It was at the end of the hallway. I could see towards the other end of the hallway. And at the end was the TV. Right. Because it was like diagonal. Uh-huh. And then the living room was on the other side. So my parents watching TV in the living room wouldn't know that I that was... you were watching right. what they were watching. Yeah. Exactly. My parents one day put on a Charles Bronson movie. And it was... Uh, what is it? Death Wish? Uh, Which one? Okay. <laughs> I, like, I, I was... David, I was maybe five years old. Five or six years old. I was a little, little kid. Yeah. And I remember the rape scene. I oh, saw the whole movie. It must have been one or two. Actually, there's a rape scene in three also. The one in the kitchen. And then I'll never forget. Uh, so so these are like how your memory yeah, works. That's that first one. So there is a scene. Because I remember then that his daughter becomes a mute, I think. Yeah, that's the and first And then one. there's a scene where she jumps out of a window that's and part impales two. herself. That's part two. Yeah, yeah. Okay. In California, they, he moves I remember from New York. that scene, mm-hmm. right? I never saw that movie again. That traumatized me. I never spoke of it. I never, nothing. It was like, that happened. My parents never knew I watched it, whatever. Right. When I mean years later, I mean, I was probably in my late 20s, early 30s. I didn't even know that was de- the movie was Death Wish. Right. I remember I had come home from going out and I was, you know, was, you know scrolling the TV and this movie was on. And I'm like, I'm like, what is this? I had never seen this again. I'm like, what is this? Right. And I'm like, oh my God, this is that movie. And yeah. that, that movie completely traumatized me. That movie uh-huh. was effed up. It really is. And I, and the rape scene... super violent. The rape scene in part two, I think, is actually even worse than part one. Oh yes, please top me off. Um, My grandfather was a huge Charles Bronson. Yeah, it, it is definitely a Cuban thing. Yeah, and... um. I never saw the first three, actually, until I was much older. I was a teenager in high school, and I was renting them at Blockbuster. Yeah. But um, Death Wish 4, it seemed like he was always watching that one, and that one doesn't have a rape scene. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, it's not sexual at all. Mm-hmm. And um, it's just like the violence is so over the top. Yeah. And um, I remember watching that with him a lot. 
You know what I think it was? I think it was that this was probably like late 80s, early 90s. Remember back then it was video stores? Right. So I think just people would be like, Ah, mira estos videos de Charles Bronson. Right. <laughs> La película es muy buena. <laughs> but I don't under... I mean, he's he's uh, he's Polish or Hungarian, you yeah. know? Uh, where does that connection... Where wasn't a great, wasn't a great actor, you know? No, he wasn't a great actor, but and 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 he was weirdly oh in shape. Oh my gosh! You know a movie my parents loved, like um, they would watch all the time. Uh, uh, Alain Delon. Oh yes, the Frenchman. Yes. Yeah. And Rocco and his brothers. Uh huh. Oh my gosh! Like, yeah. It, it, I mean, it's a generational thing. Alain Delon did a movie with Charles Bronson. Oh well, of course. In in the early seventies, called Red Sun. Uh huh. Uh, and who else is in it? This is your learn section of the day, people. <laughs> and the more you know, uh, but uh, Toshiro Mifune, who the Cubans, I come to find out, are also huge fans of. Yeah. Uh, how they became a fan of a Japanese actor, I have who no knows? idea. Because my grandparents don't speak a lick of Japanese. Yeah. Um, and Ursula Andress. Oh, well, of course. Bond oh, yes. Girl. Bond Girl. The Bond Girl. The Bond Girl. Yeah. The Bikini. It is a really good movie. It's a Western. Yeah. yeah. Oh. <laughs> who knew? Strange. Yeah. yeah it's who knew? A weird cast, but really good. You know, now that we're talking about movies, so listeners, you could use this against Ish. Okay? <laughs> so get ready, listeners. Do you know it's one of the things Ishmael and I disagree with the most? We've had fights on this. We don't talk about it anymore. We don't talk about Bruno. We don't talk about it anymore. Musicals, right? Well, no, I don't like musicals, right. no, but in terms of movies. Okay. So Ishmael think, hates and thinks that one of the worst movies ever made is Titanic. Worst ever? He hates it. He thinks it's trash. And I'm like, you just want to be difficult. <sighs> okay, so I, I, I love Ish. Mm-hmm. Um, he is... Um, he and I are two peas in a pod. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um... You could say it. However, I'm baffled sometimes by what he has to say about movies. Imad, are you hearing this? <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I don't get it sometimes. Where uh, and he's he's been on on Shiver on a number of occasions uh, because he he's a horror hound mm-hmm. and um, he and I usually agree on the show. Uh, but there's it's sometimes like we'll just mention something in in passing. We're just hanging out, and I'm like, really. Yeah. When we saw No Time to Die together, he right. didn't, he really didn't like he it. He hated it. Yeah. He hated it. I, I, I didn't understand that. And I could understand, like, when we saw No Time to Die, the, the Bond film, I could understand that, you know, him and other people are not going to see it the way you and I did. You know, because remember when you and I saw it, we were, were like... seeing it with, with the lens. We were like, look like, at all these Easter eggs. Right, like, I get the, the average person is yeah. not going to pick up on that. Mm-hmm. But Ishmael, I always, I always make fun of him. And he makes fun of me for the same way too in my own way he, I always say he, you, oh you don't like this for Ishmael reasons <laughs> you know <laughs> so Titanic like we used to have fights over yeah. Titanic because Titanic is one of my favorite movies I uh-huh. love ocean liners right so when they were Bill making a movie on Titanic and it's done I mean obviously you know how immaculate the 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 replication of, of the ship was yeah it's, it's, it's astounding the, the level tapestry, of detail they had the original designs like all that um, to me, the ship is a character in the movie. Absolutely. Right? And, you know, it, may, it cannot be your, you know, you don't have to like the movie. It doesn't have to be one of your favorite movies. And I understand that the love story between Jack and Rose a lot of times is a little like. It's weak. Eh, I I, th- I think eh, it's weak. And, you know, th- there's a little too much Jack, Rose, Jack, Rose. I trust yeah. you. I I, under- I I get that criticism. But as a totality, 
That's an epic movie. I, I think that, that that's a game changer movie. Of course. Um, and it's it's definitely not in my top 10 or top 25. Um, I might put it in my top 100. Yeah. Um, but I think on a technical aspect, that movie is... Of course. Is a, it's, it's a master class in what some filmmakers... The lengths that some filmmakers go to for um, authenticity. And it's, and it's epic. It, it's an epic movie. I... There, I mean, maybe you as a movie buff, because I know you're a movie buff, you'll like it as well. There's few things I enjoy more than sitting down, knowing I'm going to be three to four hours watching a movie. If I have the time for it, yes. It's like, so that's why but, I love But it also depends on the movie. I I can watch three hours of Titanic and be fine and be ha- be better than fine. I can be happy. Um, something like Gone with the Wind. Mm-hmm. No. No. Um, I think that's one of the most overrated movies of all time. I think Gone with the Wind, you watch it. I wouldn't say it's overrated, but it, it it's not an easy watch. Because, there, I mean, also movies from that time, the continuity was a little bit different. Yeah, um, but, I, I mean, look, just a couple of years after that, you've got a movie like Lawrence of Arabia, oh, so which, which is just as long, and to me, that movie's a masterpiece. Yeah. So yeah. I, I don't know how, how much I really buy into that. I think it's just a bad movie. I think they're unlikable characters. Yeah. The pacing is really slow. So you slow. know what's funny? Gone with the Wind was one of those movies. For being a movie buff, I didn't see Gone with the Wind until I was in my 30s. I just, oh, okay. It didn't... No me llamó la atención. Yeah. And, um, you know, you always hear Scarlett O'Hara, Scarlett O'Hara. Oh, my right. God, Scarlett O'Hara. She's when awful. I finally saw the movie, I'm like... This woman is awful. Like, yeah. why do we talk about her so much? <laughs> I hated her and Rhett so much that when their daughter died, I was like, good. Oh, David. They deserve to suffer because I'm suffering through them. <laughs> so you know what's funny? I'm going to pull a Rachel Green from Friends. Okay. Um, well, where else is Rachel Green from? Moment. <laughs> so I always say that my favorite movie is The Matrix, uh-huh. part one. But it's really Pretty Woman. Okay. All right. I like Pretty Woman. Um, well, so it's those two, and then adjacent to it is The Shining. <laughs> right. But, but, but I, I know I know that The, the Shining, Shining is, is like, like, yeah. like tied. Mm-hmm. Um, I love Pretty Woman. Like, I love Pretty Woman. I don't care. Whoever hates that movie, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. I just, I love it. I love, I love her. Mm-hmm. I love everything about that movie. I love the soundtrack. I love... Um, I just I I like their chemistry. I like everything about that movie. It's one of the few movies that I could almost recite the entire movie. Raiders, Casablanca, Casino Royale. I can do line for line. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in fact, I was talking to uh, I co-moderate the film club at my high school. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. And I was talking to uh, the, the 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 head moderator. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about something that we wanted to do with a movie that the students are doing. I said, oh, well, why, why don't we shoot it like the opening scene in Casino Royale? Oh. And he said, oh, I don't remember it. And I said, okay, well, let's put it on. And I, I put it on for him. And I was mouthing the lines as mm-hmm. we were watching. And he looked back at me. He was like, I knew you were a Bond fan, but I didn't know you were like this. Yeah. 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 Um, so something else I wanted to talk about. Because um, we could talk movies all night We long. could, yes. And, um, you know... This isn't a movie podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, That's your podcast. That is my podcast, yeah. Although we, 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 we focus on the horror. Um, I got a text message from my wife uh, last week, I think it was. 
Uh, now she and I are into uh, are into fashion. Uh-huh. We uh, we we can pick out you know specific fashion houses just by uh, cuts and patterns and things like that. We're kind of uh, geeks for it. Uh, she tells me Balenciaga is canceled. Oh yeah. And I was like, what? Balenciaga. Yeah. She is a huge fan of Balenciaga. I'm neither here nor there with their stuff. So I was, but I, I, it was shocking to hear. And I said, what happened? And she sent me a link to a website. Mm-hmm. Apparently, they uh, the ad campaign for their newest collection featured um, child abuse. And it was like on full display. Have you seen this? I've seen, I've only seen one. I've seen the one of the little girl, I think. Holding, holding the teddy a, bear. Holding a teddy bear that yeah. was like in bondage or something. Uh, right. That was the only one I've seen. I, I know there's more. There, there is more, and and it it's all. I wouldn't say it's even suggested um, child abuse. I, 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 it's it's like right there. You know, mm-hmm. the bondage, the teddy bear, the look on her face. Um, it's pretty explicit, I would say. Um, and I know that a lot of times we let um, you know high fashion get away with certain things mm-hmm. because it's art, right? Right, and if you have something to say, go ahead and say it. Um, but you don't see guys like Tom Ford doing stuff like right. this. You know, you don't see Gucci doing stuff like this. Right. Um, like, when is art not art anymore? And, well, and, and when, when are you just an asshole? Well, I also think that it's the time and place. I think Balenciaga, I may get some shit from people that are in the fashion world. I, hmm. I, 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 I can't claim that I know a lot about fashion houses. Um, but I think that a lot of their stuff, whether it's like, you know, those designs that they have that Kim Kardashian has worn that she covers her face, Mm -hmm. um, or just their names splattered everywhere. I think they're very kind of like a shock and awe sort of clothing brand Uh that it's like to be noticed. And it's less about like, I mean, I'm sure there's artistry, obviously, and what they do, but it's not like a, a Tom Ford, a Christian Dior, that there is right. this like... An understated this, class to it. Right, yeah. but but there's there's this detail in yeah. like the clothing, the embroidery, the the cut, the, the, the all that. I think there is this more of a shock and awe, so it doesn't... Oh my God. Surprise me that, you know, they did that. I got that Tom Ford jacket in. Yes. Okay, uh, I went over it with a fine-tooth comb. Yeah. This is the best-made garment I have ever seen. Better be it's a Tom Ford. Yes, but oh my fucking god, the pick stitching all over it. Yeah. Oh, I should have worn it today. So you can, so you can <laughs> I would have been it. jealous. Uh, oh my god, it's 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 amazing. But um, you know, as far as uh, I only saw that one picture, I, I'm sure there's more. There's there's more to it, and um, I mean, I don't know how much you you want to, how much time you want to spend talking about. You know, uh, something that tends towards, like, negativity. Yeah, um, I mean... Because I also don't know how, how I feel about cancel culture. Well, I mean, look, I, I don't think it's a matter of whether it's canceled or not. I think that this is a situation where I, I always, you know, in the podcast throughout the five seasons we've been on, every time something like this happens, Ishma and I always say this, you know, with, with, with a lot of these, like, things... You know, these are big press releases or a big advertising campaign. Mm. This is not something that somebody on their own released or did. 
This is it's a team effort. Yeah. This is hundreds of people, like from the photographers to the designers mm -hmm. to the you know creative personnel to the editorial staff to all of that to the art staff. Like, right? Was there somebody in that room that said, "Hey guys, maybe this is not the best idea," right? I have to imagine there was at least one. That's one of the things that I say that I'm like, okay, didn't anybody say this, think this was a bad idea? Because right. a lot of times it's like pretty obvious, you know? Right. Yeah. So I, I, I don't know. The, the whole thing is confounding to me. And, and as we're living in a world where, um, you know, high fashion and, and these, and these big fashion houses, I think are, um, it on the social conscience to, to an, an nth degree. Right. Thanks to social media, you know, we, we, we all like Gucci has had a resurgence. You know, Gucci wasn't Gucci after the 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 eighties. Yeah. You know, and With Tom and, Ford. And then Tom Ford, you know, resuscitated it. it brought it yeah. you know, he brought it back from from the dead. Um but but like you said, you know, that, that whole idea that it's, you know, shock and awe, even Gucci is going I remember that when thing. we were teenagers, there was a whole controversy with Calvin Klein that they did this whole ad. This was like not so long after CK one came out. Um you know, maybe you were you're a few years younger than me. So maybe no, you but I, remember. I remember when that CK1 was, was a thing. It was underage yes. um, kids uh -huh. that they were in, like, very sexually provocative poses. Yeah. And, when they know, were, like, topless and wearing, like, jackets and stuff. Some right? of them. Yeah. It was, like, very suggestive. And they were, like, 16, 17. Right. And, and they were... And it was it was intentional. It wasn't like that. It was a sixteen year old model that was emulating an older woman. Mm -hmm. It was this was very intentional that they right. looked really young and they were teenagers and you know they, it was very sexual. There were very sexual pictures and they got a lot of yeah. Shit I, I mean the the fashion world I think tends to to lean toward uh, toxicity. You know be, because because of what the popular view of what beauty is right you know uh like i remember when i was in high school abercrombie and and hollister right. were like it yeah. and uh and and they came under fire all the time for their models you know because they were all size zero yeah and and have, they, you, seen, have you seen the documentary on abercrombie i have not i didn't know there was oh, one. Oh, it's so good it's so good really so okay. good i, I, I have it's to called find abercrombie this. white well, and that was the other thing is they were all white, yeah. blonde, blue-eyed, and, you know, very Aryan. So what was very um, sort of disturbing was that, I mean, you all, you knew that there was a homoerotic tone to Abercrombie, the, right. their advertising. I mean, that's fine. You know, we all went to the store. We saw it, you know, um, and that's fine. And um, what what I didn't know until the documentary is that the photographer and the creative director at that time, I forgot his name. A lot of the models, male models, mm -hmm. have come forward uh, since then, have come forward saying that he made advances to them. Oh, really? And or if they didn't respond, they were shipped home. <laughs> like they were they were sent wow. home and that's it. You know, yeah. it's great. Watch I've, it. I've heard a lot of that um, about photographers yeah. in, in the fashion world. Um yeah, I have to say I freaking loved Abercrombie, and I still have so much Abercrombie clothes. The thing with Abercrombie, especially in the early two thousands, I don't know if you remember, their clothes were like really good quality. They were, yeah. I mean, they're super expensive. They, yes, they I, are. I have in yeah. particular, I have there this these pajamas that are like patchwork. Uh huh. It's like a quilt. Yeah. Imagine a quilt, but pajama pants. Yeah. That it's like each little patch is like separate. It's not a print. Yeah. And um. 
Like, I would never get rid of none of that stuff. I, I always thought of Abercrombie as um, kind of like the the young Brooks Brothers. You know, it's it's a classic Americana, yeah. um, but for the younger, more playful person. The younger, more playful person. I like that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and as I've gotten older, I, I've kind of defaulted to, to Brooks Brothers a little more. Yeah. yeah. I'm not there yet. That's something we've talked about on the podcast. My parents would love for me to be. You know what's funny? The older I've gotten... Mm-hmm. The younger I dress, you do dress very young. Yeah, yeah. The older I've gotten, I because you're like a t-shirt and shorts guy. I am, and you know what's funny? It's just one of those things that comes with ages. I'm more comfortable wearing things now that seem very juvenile that I would have not been when I was younger. Really? It's funny how that works out. Um, I I think I've kind of always been this way. I was always into like sweaters and jackets. Um and shirts with collars, yeah. Um, you know, chinos instead of jeans. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm wearing shorts now because it's comfort. Yeah. But um, yeah, I kind of, I, I kind of always dress. My like an father old man. would love you for that. Yeah. <laughs> My father wishes <laughs> that all I dress was from uh Jose Banks and like Brooks Brothers. I like Jose Banks. Like, uh, and J Crew. I like J Crew as well. Yeah. David, when I was a, a teenager, my parents for like my birthday or whatever would give me Liz Claiborne shirts. Oh, I and like I'm Claiborne, like, yeah. Yeah, but not when you're 15. No, I guess not when you're 15, yeah. <laughs> In fact, one of my favorite work shirts is a Claiborne. Yeah. yeah. No, porque es una fina y bien hecha. I'm Muy like, fina. I'm like, fina. Dad, please, I'm 15. Give me a break. <laughs> <laughs> and now when he sees me with, like, Jordans, he's like, I, you know, whatever. What so, is this? Yeah, so, bueno. Oye, mi gente, Ish here, and with the holidays happening, we all know that we're about to get caught up in tremendo corre-corre. But that doesn't mean you can't enjoy something delicious while running holiday errands. There's only one solution for awesome Cuban food that's fast. Uh-huh. You know we're talking about Cuban Guys restaurants. With five locations in South Florida, yeah, even one in Broward, there's no excuse to eat anything else when you're out and about. Beyond exhausted after Black Friday shopping all morning, swing by a Cuban Guys for pan con tortilla y, por supuesto, un café. Hungry after waiting in line for hours to pick up a lechón? Have some Cuban guys fritas and un batido. The kids están jodiendo on the way to Tia Gloria's house? Pop in and grab a Juanito sandwich for them while you enjoy the Cuban guys sandwich. Cuban guys restaurants lo tiene todo and you can dine in or order ahead for pickup or delivery. Así que visit cubanguysrestaurants.com to find the nearest location and start enjoying the awesome Cuban food you deserve this holiday season. Wait, wait, oh, wow. We've been talking for over an hour. We got to wrap up. Oh, wow. It's a good time. We, we're having a good time. So we, you know, all this talk has made us thirsty. So we're going to give our last sodas now. And I have a very short and sweet last soda. It's sort of more of a little bit of a shout out. So I don't know if you heard, but Celine Dion is really ill. I saw this today. This yeah, is she awful. Has something like stiff neck syndrome. Stiff which, person, person syndrome. syndrome yeah. Which sounds, it has a sort of funny name yeah but it's, but not, it's not funny, funny at all, at all. Yeah. so it's like a neurological disease that one in one million people have mm-hmm. so there's not a lot of research on it and basically certain parts of the body can become so rigid that they are almost in paralysis and a lot of people can like you know 
as the disease progresses, they they're they can be wheelchair bound and they they need their bodies can spasm to the point that they fracture bones. Yeah, it's, it, I was reading about this today, and it's it's awful. It's terrible. Yeah, it is. And you know, I just I, I felt so terrible for her because I mean, I, Celine Dion is one of these people that. I can't say that I'm a huge fan of her music, although I do love My Heart Will Go On because yeah. I do love Titanic. Um, but what a voice. Yeah, I, I, but she's somebody, you know, I've never seen her live, but I would love to see her live. Yeah. Because she's one of those, like, people you want to have in that roster that you mm -hmm. saw live. And, um, but I feel that she's always been somebody that has, like, really good energy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just so positive and, like, a little ridiculous and over the top. Like, yeah. Ishmael and very and I, aware of herself, too. Yes. Yeah. She doesn't take herself seriously, right. even though she's this big balladeer, you know? Mm. Um, and it's just so, so sad to hear. I mean, it would be sad to hear from anybody, but just so sad to hear. So, I mean, it, I, I was reading, actually, a lot about it today, and they said that, like, with the proper therapy, like, they could really slow it down. Um, she says that she's ambitious, that she could pull off touring touring what i mean next year i mean 2024 right. um so you know all the best to her and you know hope that she has a speedy recovery but yeah you know it it, it sort of sucks so you know my last soda is for celine um yeah i was really down when i saw that today. yeah um my last soda uh is gonna go out to uh a different person and for a very, very different reason. Uh, so my last soda is going out to Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg. Demi. Um, so the uh, the Trump Corporation, the oh. Trump Payroll Corporation, uh, were this we're week... We're ending with a bang. <laughs> were, were, were this week found guilty on all 17 charges of tax fraud. Yes. Uh, so... Uh, and he, they were found guilty by a jury, By people, a jury. By a jury. Jurado. Yeah. Uh, so uh, this investigation was not started by uh, by Judge Bragg, but it was finished by Judge yeah. Bragg. And so shout out to someone who's not afraid to uh, take on Trump and uh, his um, oh so shady business dealings. Um, I think that uh, this is a step in the right direction. I mean, look. I think that whatever your political leanings are, uh, you you can't. We need to stop giving these free passes yeah. to the the wealthy and the powerful. You know, um, and I'm not against the wealthy and the powerful because I think right now there's a little. It's a little bit on brand to like. Yeah, hate billionaires and mm. you know no none of that if you're a billionaire and you're rocking and good for you awesome you know I wish I was a billionaire um, absolutely <laughs> but I mean this whole thing with the Trump organization this has been happening for years yeah they've been talking about this way before he was one way or another it's always been dismissed or you know someone was paid off and... were you ever a fan of his never so I have to say I, I've always found him absolutely disgusting i have to say that is critical and just awful as he's been and as much as i've called it and called him out for i totally ate up the apprentice to the point i did watch the when apprentice. i was in law school i had apprentice viewing parties really <laughs> for like the finale i had two um, of them so um i totally ate up the apprentice <laughs> steph and i uh were fans of the apprentice um, n not for him. We just we liked the show. Yeah. Um, and 
he was someone that made us laugh. Yeah. But we were usually laughing at him, not right. with him, sort of thing. Um, I yeah, I I never I never liked him. But I even think that to a point back then. It's not that he didn't take himself seriously, but I, I, I feel that sometimes he was in on the joke as far as the persona that mm. he, I think that back then the Trump persona was very much that a persona. Right? It seemed like it. It seemed like it. Yeah. It was just weird. Things started to get weird and off the rails when that persona became president of the United right. States. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I kind of I, I kind of see it like like a like a Simon Cowell or or a Gordon Ramsay. Exactly. You know, so, someone who's exactly. like totally That's abrasive. But it, it seems like it's an act because when you see Gordon Ramsay outside of, yeah. you know, the uh, the the shows. Yeah. He seems like a decent guy. And, and celebrities were totally down with Trump at that time. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was probably was an act. But then, then when he started running for president, I'm like, okay, when is the act going to stop? Yeah. And oh, and the act started getting worse and worse. <laughs> because then the act at that time wasn't an outright, you know, racist. Right. You know, wouldn't say the things he said. You know, there's good people on both sides. Yeah. Uh, so, oh, my God. Oh, my God. So, well, uh, what's going to be interesting yeah. to see is because you know that in all these, like, Fraud cases with corporations, there's just that, that whole doctrine of piercing the corporate veil. Uh-huh. That it's like, you know, obviously officers of a corporation are not liable for the actions of a corporation. That's the reason why you have a corporation. Right. But there is a doctrine called the pierce of the corporate veil, which is when, when again, like the board or, uh, you know, people high up in a corporation could be found liable for... Because they because they've signed off on documents right. or and, it, and that usually is and, like that they yeah. know they knew they yeah. knew or should have known. So mm-hmm. I would be interested to see how far that's going to go here if they if they're going to move on. Well, I mean they already found the corporation guilty. Uh, I imagine they would have made that argument during the trial. Um, but you know, like what did he know? I mean, it's just obviously with the amount of fraud that they were found guilty of being part of, it's impossible. That he wouldn't have known. That he and the yeah. people high up would have not known. Yeah. That would have been oblivious to that. Mm-hmm. You know, because it's not a little thing. It's, you know, a big thing. So, pero bueno. Anyway, everybody, that's our show for today, 233. This is our penultimate show. Our yeah. second to last show. Next week will be our last show of 2022 and our last show of season five. Not our last show ever. <laughs> just of season five before we take our winter break. Um, so obviously it's going to be a special episode with uh, Ish and I. So um, David, thank you so much. This has been awesome. We got to do this again. I had a great time. More and more. So tell our listeners where they can find you on Shiver and all that. Uh, so you can find us on uh, shiverpod.com. Uh, all of our social media uh, links from there. But uh, we are at shiverpod at just about everything. Instagram, uh, Twitter, which we're not very active on. Uh, but uh, Instagram, Facebook, uh, th- that's really where you can find. And then uh, anywhere where you find podcasts. And I, and I have to tell you that having been, I mean, I've listened to the show and I was lucky enough to be on the show. You guys really dissect the movie. Like we do. It's 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 a it's a it's a film uh, critique podcast. Yeah. I think. But you really go in all in. Like, yeah, all in. Well, it, we we each have our own areas of like uh, expertise. I think. Um, and although I'm not a filmmaker, 
Um, I have studied film and I, I really enjoy film uh, and the technical aspects of it. So I, I kind of bring that to the table. And Daniel is really into the occult yes. and he's really into researching uh, the supernatural and stuff like that. So, you know, together we kind of create this team where, um, you know, it's, it's, it's like heart and heart. You know? Right. Very <laughs> nice. Very nice. So, guys, check it out. So, as always, we hope you listen, laugh, and learn. And remember to grab your croqueta, your pastelito, and your cafecito. And thank you so much for joining us, everybody. Have a great weekend. Good luck Christmas shopping. <laughs> we did that all que ya viene Navidad. Uh, See you all next week, everybody. Bye-bye. Pero Let Me Tell You is co-hosted by Darian Borges and Ismaeliano, produced by Ismaeliano, and our theme, Pero Let Me Tell You Freestyle, is composed by Michael Angelo Lomlaplex, the official gay guy. And don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultrasoft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. 